Today is October 16th, 2020. It is the anniversary of my father's passing. The weird thing for me is not only did my father pass away on October 16th, his mother and his sister also passed away on October 16th in different years. I'm going to share some of my thoughts about that and some other things. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining me. I had a strange relationship with my dad. I was the third child born, but I was the first girl, and I had two brothers over me. And my father, to me, was my hero. I used to think he was the uh, giant. I thought he was the biggest man in the world. He was he was the most he was everything to me. He was my dad. He loved me, and of course. I was a daddy's girl till the end of his life. But as I got to, you know, growing and being a teenager and rebelling and everything, sometimes I couldn't stand my father. I just, oh, I just, he would get on my last nerves. Oh, my God, I remember one time I had said something really vulgar, and my mother had heard me. I was mumbling under my breath, but my mother heard me, and she was like, oh, my God, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. And I'm thinking to myself, my father was a very strict disciplinarian. And as I look back on it, he was verbally abusive because he would say some outrageous things. But he was also a fun, loving type of man. We had parties at the house. His friends came over. We we went to, you know, parties outside. It was just a nice, you know, regular old dysfunctional you know, family. We'll be right back. I'll finish up in a minute. My father, like I said, he was a different type of a guy. And I remember one time I had went on a date and oh my God, when I came back, I had unlocked the door, but he had the chain on the door. So, of course, I must have been late or something. But he opened the door and he put a gun to my head and he said, don't be staying out late like a whore or something like that. And I was like, first of all, did this man, this is my father, okay? Wait a minute, hold up. You just pulled a gun on me. What the fuck? And that made me lose any respect I had for him. I lost it at that point. And I think... For years, I resented him for it because he used to, when like when he would yell at us or fuss at us, he would curse and stuff. But he would always line us up in age order, and you know be fussing back and forth. But he had always taught us that when someone is talking to you, you look them in the eye. So here he is berating us and cursing at us and, you know, whatever we had done. And, he, you know, he was just making us feel less than like parents did back then. And I was looking him in the eye. And as he was fussing, my brothers and sisters, they had their heads down and, you know, being defeated. But 
I'm thinking inside of my head, and I think maybe at that time I was maybe about 12 or so, and I'm thinking inside of my head, hmm, you must be talking to them. You are not talking to me like that. Who, excuse you, sir, who are you? Who are you? Now, of course, I don't say a word. I'm just thinking this. We'll be right back after this message. Now, you're probably wondering, where was my mother in all of this? She was the typical 1950s housewife. She stayed home, you know, took care of us kids, and, uh, you know, I took care of my dad and the house, and my father worked, and, you know, she took care of us, and, you know, she was a housewife. And I remember her, when I was about 12, she was like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know. I have. I don't know. Maybe a gypsy. <laughs> I don't know. And she was like a gypsy. What from with you? Don't you want to? You know? Don't you want to be a housewife? And I thought in my little twelve-year-old mind, hmm. Let's see. Being a housewife means that you have some kids. And you have a husband that tells you what to do, and then you tell the kids, what nah, nah, <laughs> no thanks. I'm not really interested in that housewife situation. <laughs> but in 1972, you know, times were different than they are now, you know. I mean, kids were, you know, you know, kids weren't having kids, and if they were, it was on the hush-hush, and... It was just a different time, you know? But anyway, as life went on, sometimes I did wish, I said, you know, my father would do something to just upset my whole day or whatever, and I would say, oh, I can't wait till you die. Ugh, I can't wait till you die. And I wouldn't say it out loud, but I would think it to myself, oh, yeah, when you die, okay, yeah, we don't, because I would just be so mad. And it's like, yeah, whatever, whenever, whenever, when you die, yeah, we're going to see. Yeah, uh-huh, I can't wait, I can't wait till you die. And then, one day he died. We'll be right back. Well, the day before my father died, he died from uh, congestive heart failure. And he was actually a premature baby himself. So it was a miracle. They didn't even expect him to live in 1932. They didn't expect him to live. So my father was a survivor. And he you know, was the son of a sharecropper, and he was a rebel in his time, you know. But I didn't know my dad as a child, you know, <laughs> of course. But as I learned about his life while he was ill in the last days, it changed my perspective of him, and I had regained my respect throughout the years. But seeing him, you know, being sick and everything, before he went to the hospital for the last time, he said to me, I don't want you coming to the hospital. I don't want you to see me like that. And I was like, oh, daddy, you know, I'm I'm going to come. He's like, no, I don't want you to come. And I said, okay, daddy, I won't come, you know. But I knew I was going to go, right? Well, I ended up having to go because they had told me that he was getting better. 
and that he had, had he had sat up and he had ate and he had talked and his friends was there and stuff. So I get to the hospital, and my father is he was already a small man. He was five foot seven, and maybe. 150 pounds when he was alive. He kind of reminded me of Sammy Davis Jr., you know. And then, um, but in that hospital bed, I think he was maybe down to 90 pounds or so. And he was laying there. And my father could always talk to me with his eyes. I think all parents have the ability to, you know, you know, parents that give you that look like, you know what? If you don't sit your ass down, you know that look. Everybody, you know that look. Your, your parents have given you that look, and you stop doing whatever you're doing. But when I came into the hospital room, he gave me that look. Like, I told you not to come. And I said, Daddy, I know you don't want me to be here, but I had to come. I needed to tell you something. And I went over to him, and I hugged him. And when I went to hug him, and at that time, I might have weighed 100 pounds myself. And I'm only 5'2". And um, uh, I, when I went to hug him, the whole bed moved, and it just did something to me. But I hugged him anyway, and I said, I love you, Daddy. And I kissed him on his cheek. And I looked at my mom, and I said, Mom, I... I, I got to go. And she said, yeah, I understand. There was already, you know, a bunch of people in there with them anyway. So I I just left. And then I, I'll be right back after these words from our wonderful sponsors. <laughs> that laughter that I did at the end of my last segment, that was nervous laughter. I do that occasionally because... That last day for me was like a whole beginning of a whole new, I was an orphan (laughs) because I didn't have the best relationship with my mom, which I do now, but at that time I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. And my dad kind of knew that, so he kind of did his best to shield me, you know, from her. And um, she just... She just wasn't uh, emotionally supportive. Let's put it that way. Because she wasn't physically abusive or anything. But she was, you know, verbally assaultive to me in her own way, in a nice way. You know, but anyway, that's a whole nother state. Uh, that's a whole nother story. And she is still alive. So I don't want her to, to say nothing to me about it. So I'm going to continue with the ending of this um, <laughs> this episode. So um, anyway. When my father died, what happened was, excuse me, I went on home that, you know, that day that I just finished about. Then the next day, I went to work, and my friend, she was babysitting my kids. And she called me and told me I needed to come home from work. And I was like, for what? And she said, it's your dad. And I said, well, they told me he was okay, you know, he he was fine, blah, blah, blah. So she said, you need to come home. You need to come home. I thought, okay, fine. So I come home. And when I come home, the neighbor across the street comes to my house. And I'm like, what's up, Mrs. Neighbor? And she says, 
uh, your father passed away. And my brain couldn't comprehend that. It was like, what? What's your, what? What are you talking about? And at that moment, I think I just lost it. I started screaming and flipped out. And then my daughter, my oldest daughter, whose birthday was just three days before that, seeing me freak out, she freaked out. And then when I heard her freaking out, I had to pull myself together. And I said, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But somebody came and, and got her and took her uh took her away from me and she was the only one at the time so uh we'll be right back after the word from these sponsors hold on that was 1993 my father got to see my oldest daughter and my son but he passed away before my youngest daughter was born. And he passed away before I got married, but he knew I was engaged. And he had a conversation with him before he passed away. But that was 1993, and it's 2020. And my father always said, you know, don't let no illnesses defeat you. If you don't get sick, if you do get sick, you fight it. And he always told me, you don't give a man nothing but your love. And he always told me, a man knows he's a man. And I always try to avoid men like my father that are controlling and domineering and bossy. But I still love my dad, and I will always love my dad until the end of time. I want to take this time now to thank you all so much for listening to me. And you know what? Y'all are the best. Y'all are so supportive. If you have a mom or a dad, go give them a hug and a kiss. You guys, stay safe. Support my sponsors. (laughs) Support me, and I'm going to support you guys right back. Oh, by the way, you guys can leave voice messages and stuff. So leave me some messages and some comments, and I'll answer and play them on the air. Thank you again, you guys. I love you so much. Have a great day, night, or whatever time it is. Have a good one. Bye.